Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where we are wrapping the decade this week. I'm Void. I'm here with my co-host, Beige. It's got such a pretty little bow on it. It does. Uh, today, we're talking about the second half of the games of the decade. So this is Games of the Decade Part 2. And uh, last time we talked about 2010 through 2014. This year, we're picking up with 2015. And as a reminder, there's a couple ways we could do this. We could have just done like a top 10 for the decade. The way that we chose to do it was to kind of go year by year and pick one game from each year that we wanted to talk about. So it's near the top of our list for that year. It might not be like our absolute favorite game, but it's definitely something that we want to highlight for one reason or another. And I think for the most part throughout here, it is kind of our game of the year, year by year. Yeah, generally so. I think that that's the way that I ended up looking at it and be like, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't my game of the year, why was it not the one to really highlight? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we can probably get right in to 2015. And again, I like to do some honorable mentions uh, before we get into our game of the year or like the game that we picked to talk about, just to give everybody context for like what was coming out around this time, because it's so hard to remember back like what came out each year. So 2015 was a year where we had um, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt came out. Uh, Fallout mm-hmm. 4 was that year. Like Batman, Arkham Knight. That was the first Splatoon and like uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Heroes of the Storm, which I'm surprised that didn't come out. It feels like a game from forever ago, but it was that year. You know, um, and like Fire Emblem Fates was this year. Xenoblade Chronicles X. Super Mario Maker came out that year. So there's a lot. There's a lot from 2015. And during 2015, like all of these games that the ones that you've listed, there's so many of them that I haven't even gotten back to like uh, like Fire Emblem Fates. I've just started this year. I still haven't even bought the Witcher Wild Hunt that or Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, despite everyone in the world saying that it's one of the best RPGs they've ever played. I've got Xenoblade Chronicles X just sitting on my shelf over here and I haven't even popped it into the Wii U yet. Wow. Well, so what did you pick for this? This year nothing um, i went through so with the way that we we have the notes set up for everybody who's listening is that you went through like you said you divided it up and you found a bunch of the honorable mentions so i looked at the honorable mentions and i was like oh man i hadn't played many of those and then i was like man the only one that i've i've really actually played is that you've listed as heroes of the storm or uh, i played it a little bit and i didn't like it that much it's fine and uh, fallout 4 which i didn't get very far into i was like oh oh goody and so i went and looked up what google said and uh, just you know if you type in like video games 2015 like there's uh, a carousel at the top that shows you what they are and i was like okay i didn't really play any of these all right so i then looked up a list which is on wikipedia of all the games that were published in uh, 20 2015 and it turns out that i did not see a single game that was released that year that i played during that year that 2015 was a fairly hard year uh, for a lot of reasons just with personal stuff going on and I guess that as the year got longer that I know I was playing Final Fantasy 14 at the beginning of the year at the the as it rolled over into 2015 but later on in the year like that was when I started having my nervous breakdown and just a lot of stuff uh, started going nuts with uh, with just my personal life. I don't think I played a single game that came out in 2015 in 2015. So nothing. That's yeah, that's definitely interesting. Well, one of the things that kind of came out last episode, too, is that the first half of your decade was really dominated by MMOs. And like you said, if you had to pick a game for 2015, it would be Final Fantasy 14. So even that is an MMO. And yeah, it there's definitely like you kind of came back around to non MMO gaming. Um, But also just looking at it. 
I have to think that part of this is that we started podcasting in 2016. It was. It absolutely was that you doing this has got me. You have made me play more games uh, in the in the past four years than really I played in probably the previous 15 overall, like just in terms of the number of titles that I have started and played through or just played for a significant amount of time, prob- like really probably equals uh, the last 10 or 15 years, just in these last uh, like four ish that we've been doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't take full credit, but I would definitely take some credit and feel pretty good about that, honestly. Right. Yep. It's you should. Okay, good. Um, So for me, for 2015, before we do get to the podcast years, because 2015 is still before the podcast, um, I picked SteamWorld Heist because I really, really liked that game. It was really good. I feel like it was kind of underrated at the time, and it's still a little bit underrated. But I actually looked back, and I... I loved the game so much at the time, um, and I'd done some writing around it that year. Like, I was still blogging, but this is kind of where, you know, I had two kids. We weren't podcasting yet, so th- I was kind of, like, falling off the writing. So I looked at, like, what did was I enjoying enough to actually write about? And this one popped up a couple times, and I was like, oh, yeah, I love that game. So yeah. even though there's a lot of really good games this year, there's a lot of games that I played, like, all the way through, and I beat, like, I beat most of the games that, we, that I highlighted here for honorable mentions. But SteamWorld Heist is just... I love the SteamWorld games. They put so much love and care into them. And that one specifically is, you know, it's like a a strategy RPG, but it's also this trajectory-based game, which is kind of an element of skill that's not just stat-based like RPGs. It's this really weird middle ground between strategy and tactics and also like um you know trajectory skill and i just i love what that game was and i should really go back and play it again i want to get it on switch that i have it on steam and i love i got it in a humble bundle and i loved playing it but it's not the kind of game i like playing on pc and i mean i got it years after that i know it was during our uh while we podcasted that i actually got it i want to say it was 2017 that i uh, i even picked it up but it's really, really good as a trajectory game. And I want to grab it on Switch sometime when it's actually on sale and uh, play it because it is fantastic. But like you said, all the SteamWorld games are. That SteamWorld Dig 2 is one of my favorite games, period, just because it's great. Like, it is magnificently well done. Yep, and I played SteamWorld Heist on the 3DS. That's kind of the one where I played the most of it. But I've played it on a couple other platforms since then, and it's kind of good on everything. But I agree, just the SteamWorld games in general, they're all really, really solid. So yeah, that gets us to 2016, and now we're in podcast territory. So you actually pulled our first episode was when? Friday, March 11th, 2016 was the uh, the going live date uh, was the publication date for that one uh we uh, we've changed and fiddled with the publication date with the the i don't even know what was the what's what do we call it the release date that's the word i'm looking for yeah we fiddled with the release date of the podcast a few times uh i know friday wasn't the uh was not the last was not it was the first one and i know that wednesdays that we release now was actually not the uh, sec was not the second one so i think there was one between and we just kind of played around to 
until we found it. But Friday, March 11th, uh, was our very first episode. We'd put a few months into planning it out, talking about it, and really uh, figuring out what we wanted to do with the podcast. Uh, had recorded it, and you can go listen to it uh, still on iTunes or wherever, or I guess Apple Podcasts, wherever you uh, listen to podcasts at Stitcher. Um, or there will be a directory link in the uh, show notes for this one where the uh, you can find the first episode. Those early ones are rough. Like, I mean, everyone hits their stride at some point. I don't know mm-hmm. when we did, but it's definitely not the first episode. So we're probably mm-hmm. way overdue to actually record like an episode zero and put it back at the beginning of our backlog to just let people know. Um, but yeah, no. So we're definitely 2016. We're in podcast territory. So this is where I actually start having like good data around our games of the year because we did it every year since then, starting right. in 2016. So honorable mentions. And I literally pulled these honorable mentions from like our top five basically, or from our honorable mentions list that year. So we have stuff like Final Fantasy 15, uh, Firewatch, Super Hot, Stardew Valley, Hitman, uh, Lego Marvel Super Heroes, Duelist, Disney Infinity 3.0. So that's kind of the year that was 2016 for you and I specifically that we had talked yep. about in that end of the year episode. Um, what was the game that you landed on? Well, I landed on Overwatch, actually. With Overwatch coming out in 2016, I played so much Overwatch that to this day, that Overwatch is still one of my evergreen games that I go back to. I even booted it up the other day, realized I wasn't in the mood for Overwatch, but it has, since its release, like since it was in beta, that I was playing in like the open beta, uh, that they did and loved it just so ridiculously much that Overwatch is absolutely the best game that came out that year. Uh, and I don't like shooters. And that was one of the reasons I remember going, going so just crazy for it is that I'm not good at first-person shooters. I don't tend to like most first-person shooters because I get bored with them very quickly. Like, I like them for what they are, and then I just move on. And Overwatch, I keep coming back to over and over again. So, like, four years later now, I'm still, oh, yeah, I got Overwatch. That's that's great. I'll just go play it for a while. Uh, That it it is just brilliant. That it's still great. And with Overwatch 2 coming out, like, this year or next year or whenever it is, I'm just as excited for it as well. That's awesome. So good. Yeah. I played a lot of Overwatch that year also. It's probably the year that I played the most Overwatch. But the game of the year for me that year was Persona 4 Golden, which didn't come out in 2016, but that's when I played it. So this is one of the only ones in our games of the decade here that didn't actually fall within that year for me but it was mm-hmm. definitely my game of that year because i had never truly gotten into persona before that point and now here in 2020 um persona is probably one of my favorite game series ever like it's just it's amazing it's such a good R- jrpg and i i absolutely love it so Persona 4 Golden, that's the version to play if you're going to go back and play Persona 4. I still think Persona 5 is probably a better onboarding point now, but it didn't exist at the time. Um, And Golden is the one that I played on my Vita. Like, I remember playing that all Mm -hmm. around the house, and I would just, like, I I played that thing for, I don't even know how long it took to play through it. But that's a fantastic game. It's a really good JRPG. And I have to give it to that just because of it got me into the Persona series, which is hugely important for me this decade. 
Yeah, it's it's ridiculously good. Like I started it and liked it well enough and then just kind of stopped playing it. I wasn't a big fan of the dungeons in it, the the randomly generated, uh, procedurally generated, I guess, dungeons. And so I kind of I didn't bounce off of it. I just kind of put it aside where I knew that I was going to be coming back to it because it's really, really, really good. And so I was start when I started playing Persona 5. Finally, it was like, oh, this is why everyone loves persona like it finally clicked and i've gone back to persona 4 and i cannot wait to beat it because it's very good game like i see now why you fell in love with it that year like persona 5 is definitely the better onboarding place just for because it's the most polished it has a fantastic story the characters i mean you start immediately getting the love of you you get, well, not immediately, but you see the polish and the style in that game immediately, and it takes a little while to get to that in Persona 4. Uh, so yeah, play Persona 5 and then go back and play Golden. That's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And that brings us to 2017. So honorable mention stuff for this year, to give you an idea of what was coming out, we had like 20XX, we had 1-2-Switch, uh, Cosmic Star Heroine, Battle, or sorry, Battlefront 2, Star Wars Battlefront 2, that is, mm-hmm. um, Pyre, Universal Paperclips. I love that game. I had to put that in here, even though <laughs> almost no one's played it. about that. Yeah. And this is the year that like Fire Emblem Heroes came out, and I played a ton of that in the year or two since then. Yep. Um, this is, you know, Final Fantasy XIV Storm blood which is one that finally like hooked me on final fantasy 14 we have like destiny 2 was in 2017 so it's golf story and steam world dig 2 that you just talked about we have like mario odyssey kingdom hearts birth by sleep and wow legion so you and i had mm-hmm. pulled a lot for this year of honorable mentions it's kind of interesting to see how our honorable mentions have changed year to year but what was like the one that encapsulated 2017 for you breath of the wild yeah that... doesn't surprise me it's it was so good like it's it's ridiculous like it's still ridiculously good and i haven't gone back and i still haven't played the expansion stuff like once the expansion pass came out it's like i've been wanting to go back but it's such a big game that i haven't wanted to lose myself in it the way that i did when it first came out and uh just recently just this week uh jennifer's best friend uh her son was saving up to buy a switch because he wanted to play breath of the wild so much and so he was doing chores around the house he's nine years old and so he's doing chores around the house doing whatever he can to save up little bits of pieces of money that they would give him and so that he would learn how to do this he found a pokemon card i think it was a charizard gx that he sold on ebay for 170 dollars wow uh, that uh, he was able to buy my nephew's switch light he got a regular switch for christmas this year his mom had a lot of amazon points that she decided to just go ahead and exchange for uh, him to upgrade to the switch because they wanted to play it on the tv and uh jennifer's friend's son bought that from him for the 170 which is a great deal anyway because it came with a case and everything um and uh but my friend Adam had a copy. He didn't like Breath of the Wild. Like, Adam got it with his Switch when he bought it from his friend years ago, uh, back in 2017. And he had, like, the Explorer's Edition of it that he just gave the kid um, because he played, like, five to ten minutes of Breath of the Wild and despised 
despised it and never wow. turned it back on. In like the last three years, he's not turned it back on. He was like, I'm glad that everybody else loves it. Do not like this game. <laughs> just, I, but, but he didn't like pay for it separately. He, it just came as the bundle that he bought from his friend. Uh, so he was like, yeah, he can have it. And so uh, he got the, so Emerson, the, the son, got a copy of uh, Breath of the Wild Explorer Edition for free from my friend. Like Breath of the Wild has come up a lot lately. And it's like one of those games that best game of the year for me cannot wait for breath of the wild 2 i still need to go back and replay this and go through all the expansion content adam couldn't make it five minutes in it was like nope hate it never playing this again jennifer did the same thing she played it while i was in the middle of it was like nope this is the most boring thing i've ever tried to play and uh, just hated it wow yeah i mean yep. that it, that would be my game if my game wasn't what it is so like breath of it's the true. wild that year was my number two game without a doubt and in almost any other year it would have been my number one game but persona 5 came out in 2017 and that took the number one spot for me but i don't want the thing is this is what happens because i said we could do this a couple different ways right if we had made a top 10 games of the decade list breath of the yep. wild would have been probably number two for me right behind probably persona close, 5 yeah it's just that like my number one and number two would have been in the same year and that's not the structure that we went with here so I don't want to undermine how amazing Breath of the Wild is. I also want to go back and play that game again. It's like one of those in my backlog to go back and just redo from the beginning and play through the entire thing. But like you said, it's this huge game that when I go back to it, I want to make sure I'm in the right mindset to really dive deep and explore how much it has to offer. And I just haven't had that time. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it. And uh, like, I'm going to have to completely restart when I do that because I have it on Wii U and I would much rather play it on the Switch. Yeah, and I have it on the Switch. So it's it's such a good game. But yeah, so mine for this year, it, like I said, Zelda would have been number two. My number one was Persona 5. And it's just, I love Persona. Like, I didn't know how much I was going to like Persona. I didn't get into it until 2016 was the first year I discovered it. And then 2017, Persona 5 came out. So it's kind of like the perfect one-two punch of cementing this in my brain. And Persona 5 is still the most stylish game I've ever played. It's one of the best JRPGs that I've ever played. And I just, I love it. I love so many of the mechanics on the social link side of things and the way it's structured and having to like pick things with what am I going to do with my time? Which relationships am I going to improve? How am I going to improve them? A lot of the things that I enjoy from Fire Emblem are actually in Persona also. There's mm -hmm. a lot of similarities there. And I, I just can't do enough to like sing the praises of how much I love Persona 5 as a JRPG. And the thing is, if you're not a JRPG fan, you're not going to like it. And that's totally fine. But if you do like JRPGs and you haven't played Persona 5, you are doing yourself a disservice. And I want to say that for those of you who have tried Persona or thought about Persona and not seen the appeal, even if you're a JRPG fan, you should really go into it and with open with an open mind and try it because it opens up so much after the first couple of hours. Like you really are being railroaded to the point where the game opens up that uh, I thought I was going to hate the social links that you do, the, the relationships that you have with people, and they are by far the most engaging part of the the game that I just want to get out of the dungeon so I can hear more about like this character's backstory and their life and to you know call uh, the maid and have her come over to my house on like a Wednesday night like that's what I'm wanting to do I don't, I don't want to get experience I want to get the maid to my house yeah. and it's like I want to go talk to the doctor like stop attacking me this is keeping me from my doctor friend totally. and 
I thought that was so dumb that I did not understand social links until I played this game. And then it's like I really, truly got invested in these characters as characters. So when Fire Emblem Three Houses came out and that was such a big part of the gameplay with it, I fell right in that it was just so perfectly well done for that genre, the way that it did it with the strategy and everything that Persona really did like uh, introduce me to that idea. And I love social social stuff in games now way more than i ever did before yeah i mean you know persona 5 i'm probably about a third to a half somewhere in that range of doing my second playthrough of it and the reason that i kind of stalled out and moved to other things i still want to get back to it Uh, it's still kind of on my to-do um but the reason i stalled out was because i wanted more social link time and i had to keep doing dungeons so i almost Mm -hmm. wish there was a way to like skip the combat or skip the dungeons on the second playthrough or new game plus or even just like looking ahead to persona 6 if they want to do half of the amount of combat and dungeons and double the amount of social links, <laughs> I am 100% there for it. I would love that game. A-okay, let's do that. The only thing that you can do to do that, I think that you told me this, and I want to say that uh, DJ Pimp Daddy told me this, was that you put it on easy mode from the beginning, and then the dungeons don't take as long, and so you don't use as many of your calendar days in the dungeons, and so you have more time overall for uh, social links that way. Yep, and I'm definitely uh, doing that on the second playthrough, and I think that's the right call because I enjoyed those social links so much. So, yeah, Persona 5 was amazing. And like I said, it's probably my game of the decade. Like, if I had to pick one, I think it would be Persona 5, which is why I'm taking so much time on that one. Um, But that gets us to 2018, so we're almost caught up to present day here. And some honorable mentions that I pulled out of our 2018 games of the year episode you had like donkey kong tropical freeze lego the incredibles tales of the abyss tales of hearts uh we had stuff like fortnite and dragalia lost which i played for like a whole year after it came out Um, i'm gonna pause right here do you still play it every single day no i was until probably two months ago i finally fell off but it lasted for like a year and a half it was crazy that's why I was wondering. I haven't heard you mention just the game in general, but I know that that doesn't mean that you wouldn't be playing it all the time, just going through your routine. So I didn't know if you had fallen off of it yet. Yeah, it was really good. And then I kind of switched up my morning routine a little bit, and that's where I was playing it so that it fell oh. out of my morning routine. And it's okay. I was ready to let it go, but I played a good year and a half in Dragalia Lost. So that was definitely a huge game for me for more than a calendar year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um and then so other stuff from 2018 like pokemon let's go eevee was there uh, assassin's creed odyssey into the breach slay the spire return of the Oberdin, cuphead god of war we had some big hitters like monster hunter world and marvel spider-man so like that, that was a yep. super strong year this was only two years ago it doesn't feel like that long ago um but what did you pull out from this year okay so my game of the year that year was xenoblade chronicles 2 yes that i remember that it was magnificent i cannot sing this game's praises enough it is brilliant and if you are a fan of jrpgs you should go give this a shot if you're not like void and have to be able to skip cutscenes, um you are going to watch all of the cutscenes, and i think you're going to like them uh because they are phenomenal sometimes they are half an hour to an hour long uh but you can sleep your switch uh when you need to but it is it's so good it's just got the it's the xeno games i love them i love the long 
intricate stories. I love the kinds of philosophy they're trying to get into. I just adore them. But it didn't come out in 2018. I realized that when I looked it up, it came out on December 1st, 2017, actually. But I didn't play it till 2018. So when you're looking at games that came out that year, Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4, I mean, that was the reason I bought a PS4. I know that that's not your uh, your game of the year, uh, which actually surprises me here. I thought it was going to be uh, for this year. Um, I was thinking about it, and it's like Marvel Spider-Man is still just one of the most fun games on that system, on any system, really, just like loading it up and playing it. It's brilliant. I know we were talking about it on Discord uh, yesterday or today or sometime. Yeah, I mean, Spider-Man was one of those where, again, like the right game came out at the right time. So Spider-Man got knocked down to by number two, I think, last year. Or this was two years ago at this point, 2018. Two years ago, yeah. But it would definitely make my top 10 games of the decade. Like, I love Marvel Spider-Man. It was so good. But yeah, I went with Hitman 2 because Hitman was a game that I came to really late, like way after it had come out and way after everybody had talked about it. I was late to the game. And so Hitman 2, I jumped on right away. And I kind of used it as a makeup for the fact that I had missed Hitman because Hitman 2 has Hitman levels baked into it if you own them already. So the Hitman 2 game had like all new levels plus all the old levels and between the two of those i put so many hours into it this is another game that i have kind of like earmarked that i need to go back to because i love the systems and the intricacy and all of the the interesting things that they baked into it that you can just mess with and if you like the untitled goose game from this last (laughs) year you if you like that game a lot you should try to graduate to hitman 2 because there is a direct correlation between those games that you might not realize exists it's like it's people and it's well it's npcs and they're moving in loops and they're doing things that like you can learn their patterns and it's all about how you mess with those patterns and then the results of that and it untitled goose games doing the same thing but a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more just kind of like fun because you're a goose if you want to take it to the next level hitman is the series for you and hitman 2 is the place to jump in so i just i love that game so much i can't wait to see what they do next i'm glad that there's another hitman in development and i'm gonna be all over that when it comes out yeah yeah you absolutely are like hitman 3 will be the game of the year whenever that comes out i'm almost certain just it'll depend on the the nintendo titles i think that come out that year um but i mean hitman 2 like i loved the first part of hitman like you had sent me the the first episode i guess is the way they do it i can't even remember how it was done uh with the very first one and i played it and it was so much fun but at the time i wasn't and i'm i'm better about them now uh, even just a couple of years later, but I wasn't a huge fan of the stealth part of it that I ended up getting caught so much that I got frustrated, but it's super fun. Like the Paris level that uh, I played a lot of, I loved. Yeah, it was so, so good. So Hitman 2 was my one for 2018. Um, and that brings us to 2019, which we just did our games of the year episode. So we were not going <laughs> to linger on this a whole lot. You guys can listen like three episodes back and get all of this information. So I won't go through the honorable mentions. Um, but for last year, you picked Dragon Quest Builders 2, right? Yes. Yes. And I still hold by it. It is the number one game that I've played on my Switch. I didn't expect that, but I've put more hours into it than any other game that I've played on the Switch. And 
and it's astonishing because those of you who haven't listened to the uh, to the games of the year episode and maybe not much of the podcast before, it's I don't like building games. I don't really do Minecraft. I end up falling off of it because I end up getting bored and I'm not terribly creative. Uh, I mean, I'm creative, just not in that way, like spatially building creative. And DQ Builders is the first building game that latched on to me and would not let go where I was just like, I have to build this. I have to do this. I have to build my Sky Fortress. I need to get over here. I need to build these people an extra bathroom. I need to build a dungeon <laughs> beside a sauna so that I can, a dungeon beside this sauna so that I can make the prisoners watch them have a good time and be all sadistic. And like, it's, I was torturing my NPCs and I love DQ Builders too. And it's not even because I'm crazy about Dragon Quest games. It's they're just so good. Um, like, I know you were going to go back at some point over the break and try the demo again, maybe, or uh, did you ever get get any further in it than you did before so i went back and i tried the demo and i I couldn't do it i wanted to like it as much as you did and i see the appeal there but i think that part of my problem is that like we talked about last episode um minecraft is a game that i didn't really play this decade but i put literally hundreds and hundreds of hours into it in 20 i think we determined like 2009 right and because of that, I might just be burned out on building games for like a decade or two because mm. I got my fix. Like I got my fix of building games. It was in Minecraft and I I don't want to dismiss it as a genre forever, but I'm just not ready to invest like that again. Um, but I, I see the appeal, especially because it has more structure around it. It has more clear objectives. There's a story and Dragon Quest. Like, I know how much you love Dragon Quest. So yep. I'm glad I went back over the break just to give it another shot because you liked it so much. And I feel like I understand it better and I understand what everyone's talking about. I'm just not there. Like, it's not the game for me right now, if that makes sense. It does. Like, absolutely. It's easy to burn yourself out on things like that and genres in particular that it reminds me actually of me having taught a senior level horror class at uh, the college I taught at. And I was so excited for this. Like, I'd been wanting to teach this seminar for so long. I put so much effort into reading everything and prepping everything, having all of these discussions. And like, it was it was it was a very good class to this day. That was, I think, in 2011. To this day, I don't really read horror novels anymore <laughs> like i don't go to nearly as many uh nearly as many like horror movies and watch them uh, during halloween as i used to during october as i used to because because of that because i put so much energy so many hundreds of hours into that that it was like okay I've got horror now. It's like, I can talk to you about it. Let's do, let's have this discussion. But when it comes to new stuff, I'm like, yep, I appreciate this as being very, very good. And uh, then it's like, okay, I'm good. I'm gonna go to something else now. But yeah, I understand. And, I understand that feeling. And that's just where I land with it. Like I, I mean, I'll be the Minecraft hipster, I guess. Right. Like I was into <laughs> it before everybody else. And that's okay. Like it was the beta was huge and it was widely known. And there were tons of other people playing the beta. But if you look at the entire course of like Minecraft as a game, most people played it after it came out in 1.0. And mm -hmm. my hundreds and hundreds of hours were all before 1.0 happened. And it's just kind of how I ran into the game. I just ran into it early. I was a Minecraft hipster. And then I played so much of it in those early days because it was such a good game that I burned myself out on the genre. And I'm just not back there yet. I hope to be someday because I loved it. But I've, I've gotten my fix of building games for a while. Um, yeah. For me, this last year, I know we talked about it, but Fire Emblem Three Houses... 
I, you know, I love all the relationship mechanics, all of those, like, again, social links, right? They're not called social links in Fire Emblem, but just like Persona, it's getting those relationships between characters and then also being able to take that and it translates into game mechanics, it translates into strategy and tactics in the actual gameplay and like in the battles and stuff. That's cool too. But I'm in the middle of a replay and I'm playing through a different path. I'm playing through Blue Lions. I find myself really looking forward to just all of those, like, show me the support levels, right? Show me those interactions between characters because I'm still at the early part before the time skip. So a lot of the actual, like, plot is very similar. It's slightly tweaked because you're part of a different house, but it's not really changed dramatically. And a lot of the, like, building up units, I'm still kind of, like, getting them all up to speed. But I think what's happening is I'm front-loading it a lot more in my second playthrough because I have all of these bonuses because I'm in New Game Plus. And so I'm leveling up really fast. I'm getting up to, like, Master Rank really fast with, like, different classes and things. And I'm basically doing what I did over the course of the whole game in the first half this time. So I think what's going to happen is I'm taking a lot of time to, like, do the pre-work. And then the second half of the game is just going to fly by in a good way, in a really good way. But... I I'm still loving my time with it and I want to keep getting back to like give me the story beats for characters that I haven't seen before and give me those character interactions like that's what I'm playing through the second time for because I'm enjoying it so much yeah it's that's what I'm playing it for you're absolutely right like I'm playing it like even if I don't recruit everyone and I didn't recruit everyone during the first playthrough because I knew I was going to be playing it again that as I'm going through this one I'm making sure to focus on characters I didn't get in the first in the first time through so I may or may not do a third playthrough because I just want to know these characters and their relationships and now I know where the story ends uh, so I'll be able to plan it out a lot better because it is definitely front loaded and the new game plus really lets you focus in on the social part of it more than the then i won't say gameplay part of it but the the strategy battle part of it yeah for sure so i love fire emblem three houses i've been telling everybody for the last year i'm going to keep telling people probably into this next year because there's not a whole lot of games coming out in q1 in 2020 so i'm taking my time to play some more fire emblem and there's nothing wrong with that um and that's kind of that's kind of it for our decade i mean over the course of the last two episodes we talked about our top games from the last 10 years there's a lot of them but it's kind of cool to look that far back and to see how far we've come and to think about we're going to go that far in the next 10 also yeah the next 10 years of just thinking about what like games are coming up in the next generation and what what we have to look forward to i'm actually thinking i hope that vr dies off a little bit like i'm tired of hearing about vr stuff already <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it does um okay so before we get into a little bit Right at the end of the episode, uh, we always like to say you can help us out by supporting us on Patreon. What can they do on Patreon? You can go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and you can throw a few dollars our way. It helps with anything uh, that we do with the podcast, hosting, you know, all of that kind of uh, fun back end stuff. We uh, have different rewards that you can get. We have a Discord server where you can get a custom role and uh, do all sorts of good stuff. Uh, just go to patreon.com slash geek to geekcast and uh, check it all out. Yeah, and around the network, don't forget, we are a media network. It's, it's just for fun. It's to get geeks talking to each other and having uh, an interactive community that likes to be together and is positive. So that's what the whole network is about. But you guys can get podcasts. We have streamers. We have the Geekery blog. All of it is at geek2geekmedia.com. You can find links to everything or geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe, and you get it all sent right to you. Yep. So. 
before we wrap the episode here, we have a couple extra minutes. Is there anything from these last five years that you want to highlight that wasn't like your game of the year, but that you want to talk about? Well, the main thing that I thought about as I was going through all of these that uh, that in terms of the 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 honorable mentions, the things like that was probably uh, Disney Infinity that that one came out and it was I got it at the very end of its life cycle with the toys to life stuff and I got it for my birthday my mom got me a Disney Infinity starter pack for my uh, like 35th birthday or something um let me think what year did uh, 3.0 come out in uh 2016 so my 33rd birthday my mom got me uh, uh Disney Infinity for uh for a present and it makes me so sad that that game in particular failed that they didn't see the benefit in continuing it because the toys were really really cool the sculptures were great but the game itself was fun like again it was a building game that i could see myself myself starting to get into and then it it kind of just dwindled for me that uh, I was playing it, but Austin was putting together better levels and stuff like that. I was putting together big sandboxes and uh, that I could play around in. But just the game itself, it is still the Force Awakens Star Wars part is still probably the best like overall Star Wars game until Jedi Fallen Order. Like it was a very, very, very good experience all the way around, and it felt like you were playing the Force Awakens. I liked it better than Lego Force Awakens. Wow, interesting. But you liked it that much. I liked it that much. Like, I'm still keeping my PS3 in the living room. That's what I have it on is PS3 instead of PS4. I'm keeping my PS3 in the living room so that I can uh, play this. Like, I'm going to be hooking this up sometime within the next few months, I know, and replaying through some of the Marvel stuff because it was so much fun, and especially the Star Wars stuff because they did such a good job with, like, the Anakin and Ahsoka part of the old republic stuff like everything about it was just so good and it makes me sad that i didn't get to keep up with it as it iterated from version one two and three but yeah that's probably the biggest one over the decade that i'm like oh i kind of understand toys to life going out but at the same time i'm like man the game was actually really good with this one too yeah no that's understandable especially for how much you loved it and how much time you put into it like it doesn't surprise me that you would hold on to that one that it's special Mm -hmm. for you what about you? What through all of these has uh, that didn't make a game of the year, but really made such an impact that you, you, you cannot help but keep recommending to people and want to talk about a lot? Yeah, so I have a couple of them. Um, one is Final Fantasy 15, which I probably have the least to say about. So let's start there. Mm. And it's all just right. because Final Fantasy is so important to me. It is probably my favorite video game series. Um, it, it might be in competition with Mario, like Mario platformers might come out on top but those are my one and two right that's always my one two punch for video games it's like final fantasy and mario platformers are the core of who i am as a gamer and like why i play games the way that i do today and like they they've shaped my gaming habits and they've been so instrumental to me that that's the kind of thing that like i don't have tattoos but if i go out and get tattoos they will be around those two series right it's that kind of thing yeah um and so I have to acknowledge when a new Final Fantasy comes out, that's a mainline game. And so I liked 15. I also thought it was weaker than some of the other Final Fantasies, than a lot of the other Final Fantasies, but I liked it for what it was, and I really appreciated what they were trying to do. Um, And it was a good game. I put a lot of time into it. Like, I didn't quite 100% that game, but I did almost everything that you can do in that game. And I think I got a platinum. I think that's one of the few games that I've platinumed, if I remember right. Um, 
but yeah, I I loved it, even though a lot of people didn't like it. And it's a mainline Final Fantasy. Like, I will give you money right now, today, to pre-order Final Fantasy 16. They just haven't announced it yet. But that's that's who I am, right, as a gamer. So Final Fantasy needs to be acknowledged. Um, the other ones on here, Firewatch is the first game that really showed me what, like, the, you know, walking simulator can be as a game. And I don't mean walking simulator in a derogatory way. I know a lot of people say it that way, and I don't, mm-hmm. because Firewatch showed me how much you can tell a story that's really just, like, kind of wandering around and exploring without a ton of interacting, just the right amount of interacting, you know, just enough. And I still think Firewatch is one of, like, the best games from the last 10 years, and I love it, and it holds a special place in my heart. You like that one a lot, too, right? I was talking to Jennifer yesterday about Firewatch, and she's been playing these kind of artsy games that give you this, have an emotional impact on you, like Gris and Journey and The Unfinished Swan. And I was like, I think you would like Firewatch, that the entire thing is just about, like, you exploring these characters and getting invested in them that there's no combat it's just exploration and talking and i didn't think i was going to like this the way that you described it and might be in our first episode where we talk about this where you sent me a copy of this game like i woke up to a gifted steam copy of this game because you wanted me to play it so much and it is so incredibly good that i haven't gone back and replayed it but it's about time it's about time for me to go and replay firewatch on the switch or something like that yeah firewatch is it's amazing um my next one on here is stardew valley because i like that game i put so many hours into that game it came out and i think i put like 50 hours into it over the first two weeks like it was a ridiculous amount of time that i invested in stardew valley and i i beat it right like you can you can (laughs) kind of finish the game where you do every objective that it puts in front of you and then you can keep playing but i don't play after i've like you know completed the objectives so i think i put like all three years of in-game time in in the first two weeks of owning it and I I just loved it. And it's one of these games where it was so good. And it's one of those um, genres or like game types that they abandoned somewhere along the way. And somebody had this passion enough to go back and say, no, I liked what Harvest Moon used to be. I'm going to do that only better. And I'm going to do it myself because nobody is doing it these days. And he did that and it took him years to make it all on his own but it is such an amazing game because of the passion behind it so starvedu valley is just incredible i love that game yeah it's it is crazy good for what it is and i don't like it it's uh everybody it's not my kind of game like i've tried so many times to get into stardew valley i was never a harvest moon fan it's just not my kind of game but when it came out. I had to try it with people, and I understand why they like it. It's just one of those things that every time I go back, I'm like, yeah, not quite for me. I might like it better now that I've actually played through Dragon Quest Builders 2 so much because I like having my little farms and putting my little town together now. I might be able to do it better now that I have an idea of how to fully enjoy that game, and I haven't done that, but back when it was new, I just couldn't just couldn't get into it, but I saw so many people having such good times with it. Yeah, you might. It'd be interesting to see what you think now instead of at the time it came out. Um, for me, the last one here that I have to highlight is Monster Hunter World. And it's because (laughs) I, I always sensed that there was something in the Monster Hunter series for me. And I 
bashed my head against it for every iteration of Monster Hunter, starting with, I think, three. Because there was like three, and there was like a three U or a three Ultimate, and then there was a Monster Hunter. I don't know. There were like different ones that came out on 3DS, and then there was, you know, this edition. And I tried a bunch of them, and I could never get into it until Monster Hunter World. Monster Hunter World finally got close enough to like the um, modern day conveniences. Like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of just quality of life improvements in it and it's not as good as it could be i really hope they keep iterating for monster hunter world 2 whatever that ends up being or whatever they end up calling it but there's enough quality of life improvements and there's enough of bringing this closer to like accessibility and mainstream that i finally latched onto it and once i finally got my it like got its hooks in me and i finally got my head around it and i grokked what it was trying to do i absolutely devoured this game I loved it. I love the the like center the the core loop, I think is what I'm trying to say. Of yeah. you know, like figure this monster out, what's its deal, and then figure out how to defeat it, and then use the parts that you got from the monster you defeated to make better weapons and armor so that you can take on the next set of monsters. And that core loop fueled me through the game. And I just, I loved it, and I can't wait for the next Monster Hunter World. I don't really want to go back and replay this game. I put in my time. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing with other people, too. And I don't especially want to pick up the the expansion that came out recently, either, because it kind of picks up where this one left off. And my skills aren't there, because I haven't played it for a year or two years at this point. Um, and I don't have time to, like, get my skills back up to par to jump into the expansion. But... I want the next major like iteration, the next mainline Monster Hunter game. I can't even begin to express how excited I am for that. That is one that I wanted to like so much too. That you talked about it, everybody was talking about it. like it looks brilliant and it's just not what I wanted out of the game. I I I don't I know I didn't grok everything like you did and I've had so many people explain it to me but I don't think I like the core game loop like I think that's really where I, the disconnect was like I kept doing it and I don't like how long these giant monster battles are that that's really where it gets me is that they're about five times too long for me and so I know they're meant to be epic I know they're meant to really show the 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 horror of fighting one of these things i guess but i it is not something that i ended up enjoying it was one of those day one purchases i regretted but seeing everyone else like see the videos of it and seeing what everyone's talking about and taking down these special new monsters and everything i love like i love seeing people enjoy stuff even if i don't personally get it and this is one of those for me did you oh, ever yeah. play like Icebound or uh, Ice whatever it was called, the expansion-ish thing? No. So like I said, like that's why I wasn't really interested in the Ice whatever expansion, Iceborne, Icebound, Ice something. Um, just because like it picks up where the other one left off and I'm not there with my skill level anymore. Like to play oh. that, I would have to go back and kind of play more of the base game to remember all the things about playing it. And so... I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for whatever Monster Hunter World 2 is or Monster Hunter Universe or whatever they want to call the next one. I don't care what they call the next one as long as they keep iterating in this direction of making it more quality of life, more accessibility, like give people a smoother on-ramp into it. And I'm all there for it. Like I'm excited to see the next thing. That is, uh, yeah. Okay, I don't really have anything to say about that. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, and like I said, it was one of those games where 
I always sensed there was something in the core loop that was right for me that was going to hook me, but there were all these hurdles in the way that I just couldn't get over. And this is finally the one that the barrier of entry was low enough that I was able to get over it, and I got into it. So that's why Monster Hunter World makes the cut for me. But yeah, those are just those are the couple. Those are the four that I wanted to call out as like I got to talk about these for one reason or another. Yeah, and like going back to the Iceborne, I think like I had no idea that it was actually a continuation. I thought it was like a Torna thing with Xenoblade Chronicles Two, where it was a standalone. Like you can just go in at any point and play it. I didn't realize it was an actual full on expansion, expansion, not so much a side expansion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's probably it for this week. You guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have great discussion threads on Slack, Discord, and Reddit. You can go to geek2geekmedia.com for invite links. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the other content on the network. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the Disney Forever podcast where we watch and react to a bunch of different Disney movies and we do one a week approximately. And it's amazing. You should listen. You should totally listen. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach. That's Beach with two E's. And you can listen to me even more on the Dragon Quest FM podcast where we talk about the Dragon Quest series of games. <laughs> We've been Void and Beach with your Geek to Geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, everybody. <laughs>